Ignition sequence start. Six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. This is Ignition. Welcome to Ignition, a radio show and podcast for the new evangelization. I'm your host, Dr. Chris Bergwald, and we want to launch your own efforts to explain the Catholic faith and to invite others to live it. Before we get into today's topic, we want to remind you that we love listener feedback. So if you've got questions about today's episode, if you've got ideas for future episodes, if you have complaints, email them to Emily Lee. Oh, wait, I'm getting ahead of myself. Wait a minute. You can contact us. Um, ignition at sfcatholic.org is the email address. Ignition at sfcatholic.org. Or you can tweet at us. SFDiocese, use the hashtag Ignition. Again, SFDiocese with the hashtag Ignition if you are on Twitter. And no, I don't have my regular guest co-host. I have the Emily, formerly known as Hoffman, but Emily, since you were on last, some things have happened. In some your things life. have changed. Yes, they have. I've got a new last name. I've got a baby on the way. <laughs> got all kinds so, of graces coming our so way. So <laughs> let's briefly introduce yourself before we dive into today's topic. Who are you? Who are you, Who Emily? Are you? And what do you do? My name is Emily Leadum. Yes. I'm still not used to that. It's, yep. It always gets stuck on my tongue a little bit. But I work for the Office of Discipleship and Evangelization with Dr. Chris Bergwald, your <laughs> host. Yes. <laughs> host with the most. Wow. Uh, and I, I serve as uh, the events uh, discipleship training and events coordinator for the Office of Discipleship and Evangelization. Say that five times fast. But I have the honor of coordinating a lot of the events for our office, including youth events and adult events, um, pilgrimages, March for Life, World Youth Day, the the youth conference, decamps, those kinds of things that take place in our diocese. You're a little busy. I'm a little busy. Yes. But things are calming down a little bit. Yes. Before World they Youth Day is done. Again, right. Decamp is done. Decamp is done. Yeah, all of our summer Disciples in Action is done. So, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of now looking a- ahead again, and we're going to do it all over. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, my name is Chris Bergwald. I'm the Director of Adult Discipleship and Evangelization. As Emily mentioned, uh, she and I work together uh, along with Eric Gallagher and others in the Office of Discipleship and Evangelization. So, uh, Emily, you mentioned, and the topic that we're going to be discussing is one of those things that you wrapped up a few weeks ago now, um, World Youth Day. Yes. So you uh, did a great job of preparing f- uh, uh, a group of pilgrims for and leading our diocesan pilgrimage to World Youth Day. So I just thought it'd be great to uh, let listeners to of Ignition hear a little bit about um, the various experiences you had, um, some of the graces that 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 occurred for yourself, for our pilgrims, for the all the, all of the attendees, perhaps at World Youth Day, um, and then I know you also want to talk a little bit about this particular talk a little bit about this particular World Youth Day. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Um, why don't we start maybe just by talking a little bit about what World Youth Day is about, and then I'll kind of let you go from there. Yeah, that sounds great. So, World Youth Day um, is a is an international event that's held about every three years, approximately. Um, in a location of the Pope's choice. Right. Uh, so different, yeah, different places around the world, different countries around the world host it um, every three years. And uh, it's an opportunity for particularly youth. And by youth, the rest of the world kind of thinks uh, young adult, about 16 to mid-30s right. um, is kind of that uh, the demographic that we're referring to. Uh, but it's a t- an opportunity for youth of the church to come together to pray, to celebrate, uh, to be renewed, 
in the mission of the church and to really have an opportunity to spend some quality time with the Holy Father. <laughs> and right. uh, yes, to spend some, but to spend some time with Pope Francis and um, or or with the current Holy Father. And who is Pope Francis? Who is Pope Francis? Yeah. <laughs> this has been going on for right. uh, 20 some, 30 some, 30 some years. years. Um, John Paul II is actually who started it. So um, it was carried on, began with John Paul II, uh, carried on by Pope Benedict, and now carried on by Pope Francis. This is Pope Francis' second world youth day already. He was in Rio uh, shortly after. the be- the beginning of his papacy. Right, right. Um, so the the current pope, whoever that might be, joins the youth of the world for World Youth Day um, in this joyful celebration. It's nothing quite like any other experience, in my opinion. Um, you're surrounded by millions of your closest Catholic friends and have that opportunity to just pray together, to be with the Holy Father, to be reminded um, that the church is alive, uh, and to be renewed. This was your second? This was my second World Youth Day. I went to uh, Sydney, Australia in 2008. And so this was the first World Youth Day, though, for me uh, as an adult and as uh, as certainly as a leader. So that just presented a whole new um, realm of graces for me to tap into in a, a different perspective, I think, than I had received previously. If you want to wait with this, come back to the, we can come back to this later if it fit better, you think. But um, I'd like to hear at some point today uh, about the the difference for you of being um, a participating pilgrim, if you will, as opposed to somebody leading other pilgrims. But if you want to save that for later that's fine yeah let's come back to that because right. i think we'll get into that when we talk about our experience as right. a pilgrim okay. group too okay. so so yeah that is a little bit about what world youth day is okay. though and um so many many people have um heard of it or or briefly maybe even seen some pictures but it's kind of funny it's for one of the largest gatherings in the world it's very minimally covered in terms of uh media so coverage. what, do you, what so, do you mean when you say largest gatherings in the world what do you mean um World Youth Day typically draws in upwards of 2 million people, between about 2 and 5 million people. Um, There's not many gatherings that happen in the world of that magnitude. So um, there's one, I think it's it's, uh, Muslims every 10 years that gather that's that that's about 20 million people okay um boy we thought we had a crowd yeah, you know yeah. <laughs> um but but in terms of just this consistency of of this large of a group gathering it's really quite remarkable yeah so it is it, you're, you're right this is uh, literally millions of young catholics late teens 20s mm-hmm. and in, as you said even into 30s coming together to celebrate their catholic faith mm-hmm. to celebrate being Catholic, yeah, yeah. Um, so, are there uh, and and now this a little bit get into experiences too. So, every World Youth Day is is different, and then there there's and yet there's certain commonalities. So, I'd be curious to hear about both. Um, you know, what are some of the stable things? But then, what made make what make this what made this World Youth Day different? Yeah. So, World Youth Day typically includes kind of a series of events throughout <clears throat> the week. Okay. Um, there's, there's a welcoming opportunity for all of the pilgrims to gather to celebrate. Uh, there's an opportunity for the pilgrims to welcome the Holy Father mm-hmm. to whatever country um, is being gathered in. Uh, there's uh, 
Stations of the Cross with the Holy Father, typically on the Friday of World Youth Day, which is a very powerful experience. Um, you re- you receive a prayer book at the very beginning of the week, along with a backpack um, and you know little things like a rain jacket or a scarf or a hat or something right. like that. So you kind of have your little pilgrim kit for the week, and in there is a prayer book, and so they have the various languages. Uh, translated so that you can really follow along. That's one of the interesting things about World Youth Day. You never really understand it. Right. <laughs> you know, when, right. You're, when you're in these prayer these prayer experiences or celebrating Mass. Um, so, so, yeah, but they give you a book to kind of pray along Stations of the Cross with the Holy Father, and they typically do it in a living stations format. So um, via big screens and that kind of right. thing throughout this entire, you know, this massive field, really. Um, you you get to participate, okay. which is beautiful. So that's a big part of it. Um, and then uh, a huge staple is the overnight vigil, and and I truly mean overnight vigil, camping out <laughs> with those three million closest Catholic friends right. that we talked about. Um, so so it's a it's a pilgrimage walk really to wherever the campsite is. Um, and which is typically a massive field that's kind of divided into sectors that you find your sector, uh, area or section. And, um, they, this year they, they, they did holy, uh, adoration with the Holy Father and a candlelit vigil, mm. um, during that time, which was really outstanding. It was really moving. They pa- passed out millions of candles. Um, and I turned around at one point to just look behind me. And as far as my eye could see, just this glow of candlelight Ooh. coming up um, in this dark field, which was really outstanding. And then the next morning, um, so after sleeping out overnight the next morning, welcoming Pope Francis back and celebrating Holy Mass with him. So that's usually a Saturday night, right? Correct. Okay. Correct. And then Sunday morning Mass okay. with the okay. Holy Father, which is just which is just really, really um yeah, a moving experience, a unique experience, and we can talk more about that in a minute when we talk about crosses and mm. and blessings. Right. But uh, um, and then another big part of World Youth Day, though, is um, what they call catechesis sessions. Okay, and for those, they um, typically gather by language. Mm-hmm. So um, English speaking uh, English speakers are a vast. Uh, a large amount of the pilgrims that are gathered. So Americans, um, the Irish, people from New Zealand, Australia, um, et cetera, Great Britain will gather together and um, have these catechesis sessions. So um, they bring in phenomenal, phenomenal speakers, um, Cardinal Dolan, Cardinal O'Malley, Jason Everett, um, and and a whole host of others, um, Matt Marr, gave a, right. a concert um, and led a, an evening of worship. So those things are a big part of World Youth Day as well. Um, some really powerful testimonies included in that. So schedule-wise, those typically would happen more during midweek. Yep, yep. Towards the beginning of the week, and then the events with the Holy Father typically take up kind of the end Friday, of the Saturday, week. Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Okay, That's correct. Okay. That's correct. Um, so th- this year's World Youth Day, what were some of the unique things about it? Poland is like Catholic Disneyland. <laughs> okay, it's just amazing. There's so um, there's so much history um, and so much Catholic history right in the center of Poland. Um, we were in Krakow, out of Krakowia, and um, the the amount of saints that have mm. risen from that area right. is is incredible. Um, 
you know, the three top probably most known um, being John Paul II, St. Faustina, and then St. Maximilian Kolbe. Um, and so getting to really dive in and to walk with particularly those three saints um, during this World Youth Day, I think was an incredible gift. You know, John Paul II is simply everywhere. There's there's pictures of him in windows. Right. Um, there's little signs that say this is, you know, where he went to school or this is where his favorite cake is served. You know, right. there's actually one place that had this huge line and we were like, what's the line about? They said, well, this is where John Paul II's favorite cake right. is from. So, um, so he was just everywhere. And then, um, getting to see the convent where Maria Faustina lived, um, and getting to see that original image of the divine mercy, uh, Jesus, the the blood and water pouring from Jesus' side was incredible. And then we did make a visit uh, to Auschwitz and Birkenau, <clears throat> excuse me, and got to pray outside the cell in which Maximilian Kolbe um, had his last days. So just the, the Catholic culture, the Catholic history on every corner of Krakow, there's a beautiful church um, and and much of the city center of Krakow was left untouched during World War II. And so what you're seeing is actually the original buildings where in the rest of Poland, most of it is actually reconstructed after World War II. So um, yeah, just this particular World Youth Day, I think offered a beauty in that um, you're walking literally on the streets of these great saints. Right. Um, and particularly uh, the theme for this World Youth Day was Blessed Are the Merciful in this year of mercy. Um, And I I can't remember who it was. I want to say it was um, Bishop Barron during one of his reflections at the catechesis session talked about how here we are in the epicenter of some of the most horrific, Mm. uh, you know, things that we can imagine of our age. Right. Um, Meaning Auschwitz, meaning World War II, meaning communism. And here we are in the epicenter of some of the most horrific tragedies of our age, also in the heart of where Jesus's message of divine mercy began and went out. So there was this beautiful theme that that came to play in our time in Poland that was so, um, I mean, you just, you couldn't escape it. It was just everywhere you looked was this experience of, um, great evil being conquered by even greater mercy. And I think that's what made this particular World Youth Day unique right. in that regard. Um, just the the theme truly, like I said, being right before your very eyes. It's beautiful. Seeing that. So, yeah. So that was an incredible gift, um, gift of being there. And I, um, I think I speak not only for myself, but for the 25 pilgrims that came from our diocese, that that was a really beautiful um, thing to them too, a beautiful testament and something that they're very much carrying back with them. Uh, during our grace sharing, we talked a lot about a deeper understanding of mercy beautiful. and what that looks right. like. You're listening to Ignition, a broadcast for the new evangelization. Uh, I'm Chris Bergwald visiting with Emily Liedem, who recently returned from Poland, uh, leading a pilgrimage of, you just said about 25 uh, young adults, well, adults in general, yeah, adults, uh, yeah. from our diocese to Krakow, um, for World Youth Day, so I should mention, but John Paul II, he was the bishop of Krakow. That's and his hometown is not that far outside of Krakow, yeah, right? Yeah, Wadawice or Wadawice, yeah, v- Wadawice, <laughs> Wadawice. Yeah. Um, 
when we got to to have about 40 minutes mm. in Vadovice and it was amazing. We got to see um the place where he was baptized literally yeah pray in front of the the baptismal fount which he was baptized in which was very cool. So had a, a very very short time in his hometown. So can you talk a little about before sort of um just talking about John for a second a little bit. Um I know he is important to you. We've talked before about um, last year. I think we talked about the popes uh, who we, and, and how different popes are, are important to us in different ways. Um, and, and I know that for me, John Paul II was the, the, the pope who was pope when I was coming of age. Um, I was blessed to briefly have a couple of brief encounters with him. Um, for you, more coming of age, it was Benedict you discussed in a previous mm-hmm. episode. And yet you have developed... Um, a, a, a personal devotion to John Paul II. Could you just briefly talk a little bit about what he means to you and what it meant that you were able to go to Krakow and Vadovice for World Youth Day? Oh my goodness, where do I begin? What a great question. Um, I got engaged on the Feast of John Paul II. Yes, you did. Which I thought was That's really cool. cool, yes. <laughs> Points for math. So- <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, no, John Paul II has just kind of a special place, um, actually, in both my husband and I's heart. So it was very cool. He got to come with us um, on this pilgrimage. So to experience this in our first year of marriage was right. really a, a unique thing for us. But um, yeah, John Paul II, I think what attracts me to him so much was that he never um, was timid about the truth. Right. And it was so unbelievably attractive right. coming from him. You know, there was just this this swarm of people that were so moved simply by encountering him by seeing him and he was moved by seeing them right you know it wasn't it, it was this response that i think he had to his people this love that he had to of his people um in the different biographies that i've read and stories that i've heard um he never forgot a face right it was for him each person that he met was an encounter with jesus christ and so um just that witness alone to me is very powerful uh, and a and a desire to live like him, to be to be like him, right. um, and just his spirit of adventure. I think he was a very human yep. character. Yes, he was um, a very human character, and so uh, yeah, he just has kind of captured my heart. The more that I've gotten to know him, um, the more that I've seen him playing in my life as mm-hmm. well, and praying mm-hmm. for me and being present um, has just been a great gift. So, and and what about being there? Uh, in his in his hometown in yeah. the city where he's bishop. Yeah, the the influence is so um, tangible okay. in Poland. I think it is across the the Universal Church, but particularly in Poland. You know, it would it would be like somebody from South Dakota getting elected pope and then right. becoming a saint. I mean, right. that is a big deal. Right. Right. Poland is not a huge country, right. and so really, it was in this son of Poland. It was there their person, um, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. And so, um, yeah, his his impact is so tangible there, which I think is just really outstanding. And so, um, you know, everywhere I looked or um, as I was even simply walking throughout the city streets of Krakow, this concrete awareness of he walked mm. in these places. Right. Um, 
and and seeing him everywhere and um really you know a, a, george weigel talked about um in one of the sessions that he gave to kind of the soul of john paul ii and one of the things that he talked about was his polish soul right um this great love of poland and the way that poland really influenced him right um this this his beloved country and so um it, it's hard to really put my finger on it but you could almost just feel this spirit of John Paul uh, throughout the, the streets of Krakow. Cool. It was, yeah, it was so powerful. Uh, yeah, I'm not, I'm not doing a yeah. good job of articulating it because I don't know that I can even put my finger on sure. it, but um, yeah, just the experience of him, the spirit of him was very present. So uh, some of the graces, which can be both positive, but also crosses. <laughs> yes. Uh, Talk a little bit about some of the, the graces that you, that our pilgrims, that, that others that you encountered experienced. I think one of the biggest graces was a deeper understanding of pilgrimage. Okay. Um, this was a very <clears throat> challenging pilgrimage. Um, we were walking probably 10 to 12 miles a day. Mm. Uh, Monsignor Mangan was with us and had has an app on his phone that measures his steps every day. And for like three days in a row, um, Monsignor came down with just this big smile on his face saying, Emily, we walked 10 miles. We walked 10 miles. Right. We walked 11 miles. Right. So, um, and when you're walking with that many crowds, when you're looking for food, all of those things, um, there's just challenges that come sure. with that. So a deeper understanding of um, what pilgrimage is, and that really came through in those challenging moments, seeing again and again and again the many ways that God provides. Mm. Um, a very simple example, one day we were walking to the pilgrimage site, um, had been walking for probably about seven hours, getting to the pilgrimage site, and this woman was standing outside of her house in this little village, passing out water. Mm. Praise the Lord. Yes, let's refill our water bottles. And one of our pilgrims had said like two minutes before we got there, if anybody sees a bathroom, I need one. <laughs> and this woman says, does anybody need a bathroom? And we all look and, you know, are looking for our pilgrim that needed the bathroom. And so sure enough, she invites us in and we spend an hour um, sitting out in the shade of her yard, her kind of fenced in yard using her restroom. And she brings out cake, tea, wow. coffee, uh, ice cream, popsicles, wow. popcorn, chips, just this whole feast of snacks. Yeah. We're so grateful. We're so moved by this. We get to the actual site and they ran out of food bags. Mm. So we weren't able to get food that night until about 10 30, 11 o'clock. And we thought, praise the Lord. You know, we would have been starving had right. this lady not right. opened up her home to us. And that was just a, a treasured memory, I think, for a pilgrimage group. So seeing the little ways that Jesus provided throughout the entire um, pilgrimage was really uh, an outstanding grace that came. Um, and then, of course, a deeper encounter with the saints. Um, I, I mentioned that briefly already, but um, it can't be reiterated enough. Just walking in their, in their footsteps truly um, throughout Auschwitz, walking where St. Maximilian Kolbe walked, um, seeing the cell in which he died. It was really powerful, really moving, um, mm. and a great grace. Uh, we, we talked at the beginning how you had attended World Youth Day in Sydney with Pope, Pope Benedict, uh, and now you were also attending but leading a pilgrimage as well, um, World Youth Day in Krakow with, with Pope Francis. S some of the differences there for you. Um, a different understanding of how complicated it is to organize. <laughs> um, 
And and the challenge that these countries have right. in in organizing and in preparing for this many people um, was just something that struck me. Um, and also, you know, a deeper observation, I think, of the pilgrims around me. Um, when I was a participant, you know, I, much of it was just looking inward or receiving or, um, and, and, uh, also I was much younger and so just didn't quite have the capacity or maturity. Um, not that I'm mature now, but (laughs) (laughs) you're more mature, (laughs) more mature, hopefully, (laughs) but, um, really observing, I think the pilgrims around me Mm. was, uh, a beautiful gift in leading not only within our own group but even outside of that seeing um because i you know just the the role particularly required me to be much more aware and to watch and right. to be vigilant and to be um observing uh seeing over and over again the ways that our pilgrims cared for one another um let me carry your backpack for a little while mm. let me here do you need more water here you go i filled mine up at the last one um these little these little things that oftentimes go unnoticed but as a pilgrimage leader i think um god gave me the grace to just see those things a little bit more clearly within our own group but also within others um here take my seat on the bus um I, i've been sitting for a while it's your turn so um yeah that was really powerful We've got about two and a half minutes left. Uh, other thoughts. We should mention, by the way, there were some rumors that this might be mm-hmm. the last World Youth Day. Mm-hmm. Those turned out to be false. Very false. We're going to Panama. Panama. <laughs> um, In three yeah. years, right? Three years. Tw- yep. 2019. 2019, I believe. Okay. Yep. Yeah, which seems so far away. But um, yeah, so they're they're moving forward. They're headed to Panama next. Um, and, and yeah, I think... Every World Youth Day um, brings about this revival. I even saw some little pictures roaming around Facebook and whatnot of um, the the Catholic the youth of the Catholic Church don't care said no one at World Youth Day right, and the, right. this, this huge image of everybody um, at the overnight vigil. Um, so just little things like that, I think, really um, reawaken, renew, and remind um, the great experience of World Youth Day is not that it's a retreat. It's not even that it's prayerful because it's really not. Right. Um, it's it's actually challenging and it's difficult. The great experience of you of World Youth Day is experiencing the universal church. The church is bigger than my parish. The church is bigger than my couple of Catholic friends at school or at work. The Catholic Church is bigger than this diocese. I hate to do this to you. We, we've got one minute left, but say more about that. So, how did you experience the the universality of the church? There's something about standing outside at mass with the Holy Father, walking through the liturgy and all around you hearing the responses mm. in different languages. Right. There's something very powerful about that. And I think um, being on the tram and, and over overhearing conversations in all of these different languages, seeing the flags, that's a huge aspect of right. World Youth Day, just watching these flags rise up as far as the eye can see, waving back and forth, representing over 140 countries across the world. Universal Church there for a common purpose, a common understanding, a common mission, surrounding the Holy Father, the person of Jesus Christ, um, kneeling down together as a group in Eucharistic adoration. was It's phenomenal. That's beautiful. Beautiful. Amen. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> um, going to Panama? 
With my three-year-old? We'll see. (laughs) And with that, on that happy note, we will wrap up this episode of Ignition. Emily, thanks for being here. Thanks, She's laughing. Um, If you have any questions about what we discussed today, you can email us, ignition at sfcatholic.org. Again, ignition at sfcatholic.org. Or tweet at us. SFDICs use the hashtag ignition. And until next time, dear listeners, may Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thanks for listening. You can find archives of this and past episodes online at sfcatholic.org. Click on Media and then Audio Files. You can also subscribe to the Ignition Podcast in the iTunes Store. Remember to tune in every Thursday afternoon at 2 p.m. on Lamb Catholic Radio at 91.3 FM in Hartford and 104.3 LPFM Juan Diego Catholic Radio in Sioux Falls and on 88.9 FM in Ipswich and Aberdeen or online at lambradio.com.